today we're um, we're going to discuss our fourth installment of the uh, uh, Govardhan Mellows, and um, so we'll um, we'll review just a little bit. We'll have a brief recap of some of the things that we've discussed. I think that everyone who's here has, has heard most of what, what I had to say. Um, so in our first meeting, we talked about Madhavindrapuri. And um, we talked about what a wonderful devotee he was and how he had uh, traveled to Vrindavan. And he's there chanting and chanting. And um, he stayed at the Govindakund. And he bathed at Govindakund, and some of the ladies from Vrindavan they saw him there and went back to uh, to Krishna's place and said, "There's some devotee staying there at the Govindakund. Maybe you should take him some milk." So Krishna uh, went and took a pot of milk for Madhavendra Puri and asked, "So, who are you?" and what kind of meditation are you doing? And Madhavendra Puri replied, like, who are you? And what, what village do you come from? And, um, this, you know, beautiful cowherd boy, Krishna, he said, I'm a cowherd boy and I live in this village and, um, and I take care of anybody who doesn't take care of themselves, basically. Um, in my village, nobody fasts and some people have an ordinary course of uh, working for some livelihood and they feed themselves and some people feed themselves by begging some alms from others but if if somebody doesn't do anything like that then i make sure to take care of them and um and then um that cowherd boy he said uh, uh I'll return to get this pot from you after you've finished. And, um, and he, he never did. And Mandavindrapuri was left there a little stunned and looking for that boy. And then, um, and then that, in that, during that night, he had a, a beautiful dream where the, the deity of Gopal appeared to him and, and said, I'm living in this bush. And years ago, when the, the Pujari fled from an attack from the Muslim, the attack from some Muslims, uh, the Pujari hid me in this bush and then fled for his own life. And I've been living in this bush for a long time and I'm suffering the heat and the cold and the rain and the wind. And it would be wonderful if you get some other uh, local people and come and find me. And, uh, and so Madhavindra Puri woke from his dream and went into the village and inspired the villagers and they went through the forest and they they found the Gopal deity and dug him out from under the bush where uh, that same cowherd boy had had guided Madhavendra Puri in the night and um, and then Madhavendra Puri installed the the deity of Gopal on the top of Govardhan hill on a big stone and for days and days they celebrated the Anakut festival and um Devotees from all over came day after day to, to see the deity of Gopal and to help in the bathing ceremony and offer all of what they had. They, they were offering all of their stock of grain and all their stock of rice, 
bringing milk products and um, and bathing the deity and um, and then in our next class we discussed Lord Chaitanya and he's uh, and his travels through Vrindavan and Lord Chaitanya had wanted to be he'd wanted to travel to Vrindavan um, for a long time and um, and there had been some he'd had some trouble getting there but um, he finally took permission from um, I think Sarva Bhattacharya and uh, Ramananda Roy while he was there in Jagannath Puri. And they requested him to take um, a few people with him. They asked him not to go alone. And Sanatan Goswami, of course, had uh, encouraged him not to go with a big crowd. And so Lord Chaitanya. He went with Balabhadra Bhattacharya and another unnamed person. And then they traveled through the Jarikunda forest and uh, they spent their they spent their days and nights basically camping. And uh, Lord Chaitanya was chanting all the time and, and um, enjoying the warming himself by the fire at night and bathing in the rivers, bathing in the waterfalls, and they were chanting and and um, and then as they arrived in the Vrindavan area, they met one of the disciples of Madhavendra Puri in a, a little community called Sanodiya. And that devotee remains uh, also unnamed. And so we refer to him as the Sanodiya Brahmin. And he, uh, he was one of the, the Brajbasis, one of the residents of the Dham. And so... I like to imagine that he was he was sort of the Lord Chaitanya's tour guide. So then they became four, and they traveled to the different places or in um, in the Braj. And Lord Chaitanya went, and he also bathed at the Govinda Kund, just like Madhavendra Puri had done. And then they, he went to the Govardhan Hill, and uh, and then while he was there. He stayed in a, a little place called Ganthuli Gram. And in Ganthuli Gram, the Gopal deity um, arranged for the Pujari to, to bring him down from the top of the hill because Lord Chaitanya was feeling full of reverence for Govardhan Hill. Um, and so he, um, he didn't want to walk on the hill. And so the Gopal deity arranged for him to come down so that Lord Chaitanya and, and those his associates could... Um, could take darshan from the Gopal deity. And, um, and then in our last meeting, we talked about the glories of Raghunath Das. And um, we talked about Raghunath, how Raghunath Das had, uh, he was born um, as the son of Govardhan Majumadar, which I think is sort of like a Zamindar or a, a big landholder. And um, so he grew up in a wealthy family. Um, and then when he became an adult, he was married to a beautiful woman. And he had a really nice, opulent life, but he didn't, he wasn't attracted to that opulent life. And he wanted to, he wanted to run away and be with Lord Chaitanya. And so Govardhan and Raghunath Das' mother, they tried very hard to keep him at home. Um, but Raghunath Das, he kept, 
leaving home and he would sneak off in the night and they would send different people to to basically capture him and force him to come home and then eventually uh, he kept running kept running away and uh, his father Govardhan said that there's no there's no reason for us to keep trying to to keep him here against his will he feels compelled by something very deep he's very moved by Lord Chaitanya and and his Sankirtan mission and the his uh, the bhakti mission that Lord Chaitanya is on and Raghunath, there's no reason for us to try and keep Raghunath Das home he's too compelled he's gonna he's gonna leave home and so eventually Raghunath Das um, escaped so to speak and went to to meet Lord Chaitanya and um, and when he arrived in Jagannath Puri, he traveled for 12 days and he was a little thin and a little dirty from traveling through the forest and traveling on the, the roads and the paths. And um, so he was met there by Lord Chaitanya and Svarup Damodar and some of Lord Chaitanya's other associates. And Lord Chaitanya encouraged him to go and, um, and bathe in the sea and then um, to see the, the deity of Lord Jagannath at the temple. And then uh, Lord Chaitanya placed Raghunath Das in the care of Svarup Damodar. And, um, and Lord Chaitanya was naturally very pleased to have Raghunath Das there. And he said, now we have three Raghunaths in our company. We have Raghunath Bhatta, who's one of the other famous six Goswamis. And then we have Raghunath Vaidya, and now there's Raghunath Das, and we've placed him in the care of Svarup Damodar, and so he's known the, known as the, the Raghunath of Svarup, Svarup era Raghu. Um, just like today, we have so many different uh, devotees with similar names. We have, you know, so many Krishna Das, and so many Radharani Dasis, and Prabhupada Das, and so... Um, the tradition sort of continues and um, so um, Lord Chaitanya or um, excuse me Raghunath Das wanted to receive some instruction from Lord Chaitanya and Lord Chaitanya said I've already I've, I've placed you in the in the charge of someone who's very qualified Svarup Damodar Goswami is very qualified. He knows more than me. I'm, I'm learning from Svarup Damodar myself. And so don't, don't think that I've tried to shortchange you or uh, I'm not giving you a wonderful situation. I'm giving you the, the best that, that I can. And, um, and so, but Raghunath Das persisted. He's a persistent guy. You can, you can see in his character the way he was Running from running away from home and uh, persistent in asking for Lord Chaitanya's blessing and association, and so Lord Chaitanya said, uh, "But if you if you'd like to have some instruction from me, then what I have to tell you is, uh, don't don't hear about the village talk, don't hear of of the Gramikata, and uh, and don't talk like the normal." Uh, don't talk like an ordinary person and don't spread gossip and don't don't hear too much about the the rumors and the news 
and don't eat fancy food and don't wear fancy clothes. And, um, and he gave him one further instruction. Um, Trinada peace and Ichena, Tarora peace, Ahisnuna, Amanina, Amanadena, Kirtaniya Sadahari. Um, so we know that, of course, is a, the third verse from the Lord Chaitanya Shikshastakam prayers. Um, he said, You should be more humble than a blade of grass and be more tolerant than a tree and be ready to offer all respect to others and don't expect honor for oneself. And in such a state of mind, you can chant the holy name of the Lord constantly. And, um, and uh, I think he also said somewhere in the course of all that, that you should, um, you should worship Radha and Krishna within your mind. So we talked just a little bit about that. We talked about the Antaranga Seva, which is Antaranga Seva means like a, a very a very deep meditation. This is uh, where basically you have a an internal life, a meditative life, and um, and we hear about some devotees like Lord Chaitanya himself entering into this antaranga seva, this internal meditative life. Um, so I, I think that. Something like that, we we may get a glimpse of that in our in our sadhana, in our sadhaka life, um, in our future. I think it happens at the point of um, oh, I can't think of the term now. So let me go through them and we'll see if we can if we can arrive at it. So we our devotional life begins with shraddha. We have some we have some faith in the in the Lord, we have some faith in the transcendence, and we have some faith that that's where our happiness will come from. And so from there, um, we get the association, we get the, the company of, uh, of sadhus and other sadhakas and people who are like-minded. Um, and those sadhus give us direction. And uh, those other sadhakas, they, they also give us some direction and they're they become our companions and friends in the course of uh, in the course of pursuing our devotional life. Um, and that sadhu, he gives us he or she, of course, gives us some um, uh, daily practices and gives us direction and tells us gives us knowledge, gives us some bandhagyan uh, or the foundational knowledge about what is the nature of transcendence. Um, So we have sadhus and sadhakas, and that, that sadhu will give us some um, daily practices, which becomes our bhajana kriya. So that's a, the path of worship, the path of bhajan, and that uh, uh, and our path of, of bhajan, of course, includes uh, nine different practices of devotional service, beginning with hearing. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Bandanam, Sakyam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam. And, um, and so we, as often as possible, we take advantage of, of all these uh, opportunities to hear. Uh, and we hear about Sambandagyan, the foundational knowledge of 
what is our own nature and what is the nature of the Lord? What is the nature of the world? How and why does the Lord appear? And, uh, and then we hear about the Abidea Tatva. Um, what are the practices of devotional service uh, in, a, in both a regulated way and in a spontaneous way? Um, and then that, that Bhajana Kriya is of two types. And we have, and there are those, those types are blended. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a gray area. And I used to sort of think that they were like two different stages, uh, the, the stage of Bhajana Kriya and the stage of Nishta, which of course is the ne next stage. Nishta means very firmly fixed. Um, I think like, when I think of fixed, I, I often think of Shakespeare's Macbeth. I think that, uh, and I've not read it, but I, I saw it as a play once and it's a, sort of a famous quote. I think that, I think that the king is supposed to do some dastardly thing and he doesn't really want to do it. And I think that Lady Macbeth says, screw your courage to the sticking place, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And I sometimes think of that when I think about Nishta. Of course, we're not up to some, any, <laughs> any dastardly thing, um, but uh, that's the nature of being very fixed. Um, I guess Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita of immovable things, I am the Himalayas. Um, so Nishta means very, it means very fixed. Um, so after, after practicing this Bhajana Kriya in an unfixed way for a long time, seems like for me a long time, and um, as Padmanabha Swami has pointed out uh, that many devotees feel themselves to be in the stage of Anishta Bhajana Kriya, uh, yet, as of yet unfixed Bhajana Kriya. And so our, our practice goes up and down. Um, we're troubled by a variety of things. Sometimes we're, sometimes we're hot and we're practicing our devotional service. We chant every day in a very regulated way and we're very excited about devotional service and we apply ourselves very diligently, whether it's easier or whether it's hard. And then sometimes we're cold and we get distracted by other things that go on in our life or some other interests or something. And, um, and so we, we pursue those things and we dedicate, we dedicate a, a lot of time to them. Um, but then, it, so Anishta and Nishta is sort of a sliding scale and we're, we sort of vacillate between the two, but, but Bhajana Kriya and Nishta go hand in hand. So by doing our Bhajana Kriya in an unfixed way, we become purified, our hearts become purified, our interests become solidified, and, and then we sort of gradually move into the stage of being more and more fixed. So I, I like to think that the, the process is very generous and that, um, as Guru Maharaj often points out that uh, bhakti is not something that we're doing. Bhakti is something that, that is doing us and that bhakti is not something that's on our agenda every day, that bhakti has us on her agenda. And so we're, we're, um, we're getting a lot of mercy from, 
from uh, from our our practice, even in an unfixed way. I think that for myself, I know that I have made some progress in spite of of doing bhajana kriya in an unfixed way. Um, I practice bhakti in a very unsteady way a lot of times, but I, um, I try. I do try to chant every day, um, but to be quite honest, I sometimes chant a varying number of rounds on different days. Um, I don't. I don't hear every day, but that's one of the easiest things to do is to hear the to hear Guru Maharaj lectures. Um, that's one of the main things that that I've done. Um, even if I didn't chant at all, I would try to listen to Guru Maharaj's lectures, and he's encouraged us in that way. Um, if you if you can't if you can't practice, if you can't chant, or you can't read, or you can't do your gayatris or whatever, then at least try to hear the lectures. And there are so many good lectures, and those lectures they give us sambandha gyan, and they give us abhideya gyan, and they give us prayojan gyan. Uh, so we, we have knowledge of of the practices, we have knowledge, foundational knowledge, and we have knowledge of, of the perfectional stage. Uh, and Guru Maharaj, of course, he's his lately he's talking so much about, about our highest prospect of being in a particular mellow of love with Krishna. Um, anyway, so we, we try to we try to take advantage of all these processes of hearing and associating with our Guru Maharaj. So we also, by hearing, we get the sadhu sangha, we get the association of a sadhu. So that's such a powerful thing that, that uh, sadhu sangha is the, the hub on which the wheel of our bhakti goes forward. So that's one of the, that's, so many benefits are there from, from hearing Guru Maharaj's lectures and taking advantage of what's happening here on top of Vivek. And then, um, so we reach Nishta, and then after Nishta, we, which of course Guru Maharaj has emphasized as the interim goal, something that we should strive for. And it's sort of like a constant pouring of devotional service um, into our hearts and minds. We're, we're constantly engaged there, and we hear about that kind of thing. Uh, we're constantly hearing, we're constantly chanting, we're constantly remembering, serving, and um, it's kind of a, I think, Maybe Sridhar Maharaj uh, talked about it like a constant flow of oil, constantly pouring oil. But um, that's what it means to, Nishta means we're, we're perpetually doing it. And then from, from Nishta, we, we go into the stage of Ruchi. And then, um, so Ruchi means now we have a, a real taste and I think that that real taste, sometimes we get a glimpse of that real taste when we're in a festival days where we're surrounded by devotees. Uh, our Guru Maharaj is there and there's uh, uh, so many components that, that give us a, a, a glimpse, that give us a, a taste of, of devotional service. And then uh, from Ruchi, we get to Asakti. And this is asakti is where we might enter into this antaranga seva. Um, I think that in the stage of asakti, um, 
we, means we have a, a particular kind of attachment. Um, so both ruchi means like a deep taste, like a, and Guru Maharaj describes that that deep taste is like our what what was our medicine, the, the taste of, of chanting Hare Krishna. It was a medicine. Now it's become our food. I think there's a description in Rupa Goswami's Nectar of Instruction uh, that talks about for the for the person afflicted by the disease of avidya or ignorance, uh, the sweet taste of Krishna's holy names is is unavailable or it, or it tastes bitter, uh, the jaundice of avidya. But that jaundice of avidya or ignorance is cured by the sugar candy of Krishna's holy names. Just like jaundice is cured by eating um, sugar candy or rock, rock candy. Um, so we go on tasting these holy names and um, and sometimes and now in the stage of anishta the that sometimes tastes bitter sometimes it tastes a little sweet but when we reach that stage of ruchi then becomes very sweet and that that thing that was medicine has now become our food and so now we're we're living on that you know we're we're living on hearing and chanting uh and associating with devotees that becomes our real sustenance and we can we can hardly wait for it um, so we have that's ruchi and then once that ruchi is refined a little more then we then our we reach a stage of attachment we become attached to a very particular form of krishna um, maybe we we our um, our sentiment becomes a little refined and we understand maybe we we have a, a strong inclination or we have a desire to serve Krishna in a particular way. Um, and of course, our two windows of opportunity have, have been emphasized lately. There's been uh, some emphasis given to the, the idea of Manjari Baba as one of the windows of opportunity offered by Lord Chaitanya um, to enter into that um, mood of Radha Dasyam, becoming the servant of Srimati Radharani. Um, and then uh, we have the mood of Sakiras that's uh, given by Lord Nityananda, who is uh, the incarnation or the embodiment of, of friendliness towards Krishna, uh, the embodiment of what it means to, to be a cowherd boy or to be a Vrajbasi. So in, in the stage of asakti, all of those those sentiments will become more clear to us. And in that stage of asakti, uh, our desire to serve Krishna in a particular one of his particular forms and one of our particular forms, um, our topmost potential um, is uh, we become very fixed in that, and um, and then we may even glimpse our own selves. We may get a we may get a glimpse of Krishna, um, and we may get a glimpse of our own selves in our high in the in the realm of our highest prospect, in that ultimate transcendental reality. That we may get a glimpse of that in the stage of asakti. Um, and in that, so that asakti. All of, all of that is a roundabout way of getting around to this antaranga seva, which we which Raghunath Das was was doing there uh, with Svarup Damodar. Um, 
And when Lord Chaitanya gave him that instruction about uh, serving within his mind, serving Radha and Krishna, that's that Antaranga Seva that might get glimpsed at the stage of Asakti. And then after Asakti, there's Bhava. And uh, of course, Bhava has two primary uh, characteristics. It's very, it's very rarely attained. Um, so Krishna says, out of many millions of men who strive to strive to understand me, hardly one knows me in truth. So that, in one sense, he might be talking about that person who's attained bhava, that person who's, it's like a, a ray of the son of prema has entered that, entered that devotee's heart. And, uh, and a person graduates from being a sadaka to being a, a bhavika. Um, so uh, in that bhava, then, then one may really get a lot of glimpse and taste of what it means to serve Krishna in that internal life. And then, of course, uh, once that, oh, the other quality of a bhava is that it's moksha laguta krit. Um, so moksha, of course, is uh, liberation. We become liberated from the earthly realm uh, where we think that desire, that happiness uh, comes from uh, connecting the sense objects with the senses, and um, but we think that happiness comes from acquisition. So that, that we we get free from all that liber ideas of liberation. We also get free of the idea that I want to be free from suffering. Um, that's liberation also, the idea that I I'd like to be free from suffering, free from anxiety. And um, so moksha laguta krit means that, that, that that's one of the qualities of bhava that makes light of liberation, makes liberation seem like a small thing. And then of course there's prema, which is our, our prayojantatva, the, 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 the truth about the ultimate goal of life is the prayojantatva, and that's prema. And so all of these devotees that, that, uh, that have a, a role in this Govardhan Leela, all of these devotees have the, the stage of prema, whether they're uh, sadhana siddhas who've reached prema by the course of sadhana or whether they're um, Nichalila devotees, whose um, whose rag is inborn, who who are always eternally made of these feelings of love for Krishna, whose hearts are are eternally filled um, with these uh, sentiments of love for Krishna. So, um, anyway, I wanted to to dive back into the Govardhan Lila a little bit. I've digressed and talked about devotional service. Uh, quite a bit, and um, but you, you can't talk about the Govardhan Lila without without talking about devotional service. So uh, I wanted to share just a few things. Let's see here. Um, Krishna Chaitanya shared some stuff with me um, some time ago about Govardhan, and um, I wanted to share some of those details. Um, so let's see.
So I'll read a little bit. And this, what he shared with me is the, the Kartik handbook from Sri Bhakti Vallabhatirtha Goswami, um, who I, I believe is one of the grand disciples of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta uh, Prabhupada. And he was part of the Sri Chaitanya Gaudiamath. And um, so he's written this book and there are, it's a sort of a guide to practice in during the month of Kartik. And then here there's a, a section on Giri Raj Govardhan. And um, so I'll just, I'll read just a little bit. Let's see here. So a lot of this, a lot of these stories, obviously there's, there's a, there are descriptions in Srimad Bhagavatam and the 10th Canto and the descriptions in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, there's another book that I'm not familiar with, the Ananda Vrindavan Champu, and there's a, which has a lot of descriptions and also the Garga Samhita. So the appearance of Sri Govardhan in this world and how he acquired the name of Giriraj is described in the Garga Samhita of Sri Gargacharya in the conversation between Nanda Maharaj and his senior advisor, the Gopa Sananda. So I have a strong feeling that this person Sananda is one of Nanda Maharaj's brothers, Upananda, Sananda, there were, there were five of them, the, the Nandas. Uh, so Sananda spoke to Nanda Maharaj, giving reference to the conversation between Pandu and Bhishma. So when Lord Chaitanya, excuse me, when Lord Krishna um, had been requested to appear in the world by Bhumi Devi, um, who appeared in the form of a cow and asked for Krishna to appear in the world to relieve the burden of all kinds of demoniac leaders uh, and demoniac kings and lift the burden of um, dishonesty and irreligion. Um, Lord Krishna was thinking to himself that he would come to the earth and um, and so he was talking with Radharani and said requested that Radharani also appear on the earth and Radharani expressed her unwillingness to go to a place where Vrindavan, the Jamuna River, and Sri Govardhan were not present. Sri Krishna then sent his own transcendental spiritual realm of Rajadam, um, which is an area of 84 krosha, which is a new term for me, or 252 kilometers to descend to India in this world. I like the way this is expressed. Rajadam is not a part of the material world consisting of earth, water, fire, air, and sky. The sky is also, I heard it from Prabhupada, he used the term ether. And so the, the Vrajadam is not like that. Govardhan appeared. Uh, so also, so Radharani said that I don't want to go anywhere where the Jamuna doesn't flow and where there's not Govardhan Hill. Um, and so, can't help but think that, you know, sometimes the Lord sends people to different parts of the world. Um, 
to um, to assist the the people who live in that area. So when Govardhan appeared in the world, he didn't appear in Braja. Um, and then you, you think about some some other devotees also, like who who didn't appear close by, who who didn't appear in uh, Vrindavan, or they didn't appear in Navadweep. Um, you know, Advaita Acharya and uh, Srivas Thakur and Haridas. Haridas didn't appear in Navadweep. Lord Nityananda didn't appear in Navadweep. Um, they came from other places. And they, they purified those places where they came from. Um, who else? Tapan Mishra. Um, he was from there, but uh, Lord Chaitanya sent Tapan Mishra somewhere else because Lord Chaitanya knew that he would be there in the future. And so Lord Chaitanya wanted some devotees to stay with. And so he sent Tapan Mishra far away where he would like basically live there without the association of other devotees. Um, but Lord Chaitanya sent him there with a purpose. And so Lord Chaitanya, of course, is sending um, Govardhan to the material realm uh, or sending him to the spiritual realm within the material realm. Um, so Govardhan appeared as the son of Mount Drona in the Sal in Salmali Island in Western India. So I never heard that, the Salmali Island. And all the demigods were excitedly delighted at the appearance of Govardhan and showered down flowers. All the big mountains, such as the Himalayas and Sumeru, were happy to hear about Govardhan's appearance. And they came to pay their homage to Govardhan and to worship him. And in their prayers, they said, since Govardhan is the holy place of pastimes of the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna, in the transcendental sweet realm of Goloka, he is the king of all mountains and the crown of Goloka. He is like an umbrella for, pra for Parabrahman Krishna. And Vrindavan is within his lap. And since then, Govardhan has been renowned as Giriraj. So he received the the name Giriraj from uh, the Himalayas and Mount Meru. And so, of course, there's a, a famous story of how Govardhan had appeared there. And I think the most common story is the story of Pulas Jamuni, um, who is one of the seven mind-born sons of Brahma, known as the Manasaputra, the sons of Lord Brahma's mind. And so, Pulashtamuni was traveling on pilgrimage and came to Salmali Island. And there he was astonished and charmed to see uh, the extraordinary beauty of Govardhan, and who was adorned with a variety of fruit and flower trees, pleasant sitting places, springs, soft grass, etc. And when Pulashtamuni approached Drona, he was And so Pulascha Muni said to Drona, I live in Kashi, uh, which has special significance due to the presence of the Ganges and Visveshvar Mahadev. Kashi is, I think, a city that's more associated with Lord Shiva Mahadev. Sinners go there to get salvation, but my desire is to perform penance there after installing Govardhan. Um, so in that way, Pulascha Muni asked Drona uh, for his for his son and um, and Drona knew 
that sometimes these sages are a little rough around the edges. They they may um, they may become angry uh, due to their austerities. They they may become just a little a little hard uh, hard nosed, hard around the rough around the edges. And um, and so Drona didn't want to be cursed by Pulashtamuni. So um, so he encouraged Govardhan uh, to go with Pulashtamuni. And um, and so of course Pulashtamuni, Govardhan said, that "I I'll go to uh, I'll go with you on on one condition um, that if you if you put me down somewhere for any reason, then um, then that's where I'll stay." And so uh, he jumped up onto the hand of Pulashtamuni, who carried him from this Salmali island um, back to, I guess he was heading for Kashi. And then, but when he was traveling in the, in the land of Braja, um, in some stories it said he, he, he felt compelled to stop and answer the call of nature. But um, in this particular pastime, it said that Govardhan made himself very heavy. Um, like Krishna became very heavy um, when he was holding on to the neck of Trinavarta, the whirlwind demon, uh, he became very heavy. And um, I think it's one of the, uh, the perfectional mystic cities. You can become lighter than the lightest and travel on the rays of the sunshine, or you can become heavier than the heaviest. So that's what, that's what Govardhan did. He became very heavy in Palastyamuni. He sat him down there in the Braj. And of course, um, Pulashtamuni didn't like that. He said, uh, he said, come on, get back on my hand. And Govardhan said, no, I'm, I'm not going any further. We, we had a deal that was my, that those were the terms of my agreement. I said, if you put me down, I was gonna stay. And Pulashtamuni, sure enough, he became a little angry and he cursed Govardhan. He said, you're, you're so big, you're so tall. Um, in one of the descriptions, he was so tall that the horses that belonged to Surya, the sun god, the horses that pull the chariot of the sun across the sky would graze on the grasses on the top of, of Govardhan. He said, you're so tall, and uh, but I curse you that you'll every day you'll shrink uh, by the size of a sesame seed in this particular version. And, um, and so that's, that's how um, Govardhan came to be um, in the Braja. And um, so I'll, I'll give you another story as well that, that may not be quite as prominent. Um, there are a few different stories. They're nice. Um, a second popular version of how Giri Raj came to Braja seems to have first appeared in Narayan Bhatta Goswami's book, the Braj Bhakti Vilas. And therein it says in the Treta Yuga, when the monkeys were helping Lord Ramachandra construct a bridge to Lanka, um, Hanuman went to the, to the Himalayas and picked up the Giri Raj and was intending to bring him to help build the bridge. So, all of you have probably heard the story, Lord Ramachandra, um, his wife Sita had been stolen and um, kidnapped. And so he was gonna build a bridge from India to Lanka uh, 
Sri Lanka, as it's now known, the island off the southeast coast of India. And, um, and so Hanuman and the monkey army of monkeys and bears, they're throwing stones into the water and they're, they're writing the name of Lord Ram on every stone and the stones were floating. And, um, and Hanuman told the, the spider who was carrying a little pebble, he said, get out of the way, I'm carrying a big boulder, you should get out of the way and let me through. And Lord Ramachandra, he said, you, everybody is acting, is doing their service according to their size and ability. And, and uh, the spider carrying this little pebble, he's not, you're, you're not different or better because you're carrying a big boulder. So Lord Ramachandra is appreciating the, the, um, the ser everyone's service. So anyway, while they're building this bridge, um, Hanuman went to the Himalayas or to the Salmali Islands, and he picked up Govardhan Hill. And then as he's making a giant leap like Hanuman does, um, he heard a, a tremendous voice from the sky, a voice from heaven. And it said, the, the bridge to Lanka is complete. And so Hanuman set the Govardhan Hill down there um, in the Braja. And um, Govardhan was disappointed. He thought, oh, this is going to be wonderful. I was going to be floating in the ocean and Lord Ramachandra and Lakshman and the whole army was going to, they were going to walk on me. They're going to step on me. And I was going to feel their lotus feet as they crossed to rescue Sita. And, um, and so he got a blessing from Hanuman that in, a, in another age, if you'll stay here in the Braja, then, then uh, Lord Ramachandra will appear as Krishna. And, uh, and then you'll, you'll get to feel his lotus feet at that time. Um, there's another interesting story. Um, one that's, that's even less well-known, maybe. According to the Padma Purana, excuse me, Padma Purana, um, a Brahmin had received Sarupya Mukti. Um, and Sarupya is one of the five sas, uh, the five types of liberation. Salokya, Sarupya, Samipya, Sharsti, and the one that devotees find particularly disinteresting, Sayuja. And Sayuja means to merge with the, the Lord, and uh, we're not interested in, in Sayuja. The other, the other different types of liberation, they may be concomitant with devotional service, and so we, we may accept those in the, in the terms of of performing our devotional service. We might have a, a form that's similar to the Lord's, or we may live on the same planet as the Lord, or we may have the, the same opulences as, as the Lord, but we're not interested in, in those things independent of being Krishna's servant. And we're not interested in Sayuja, in the, the idea of merging, uh, merging with the, the impersonal Brahma Jyoti, the that doesn't appeal to us. We don't. We don't want to be by ourselves forever. Uh, sometimes I I like to think of it as um, 
a pure heart and nothing to do. Uh, Guru Maharaj has a lecture, a clean, a clean heart and something to do. Uh, or um, I sometimes like to think of it as nothing to do and no one to do it with forever. So that doesn't, Sayuja Mukti, it doesn't appeal to us at all. Um, so anyway, this Brahmin, um, so he, I'll just, I'll just read it. I'm not going to be able to, to state it clearly. According to Padma Purana, a Brahmin received Sarupya Mukti as the spiritual form of Krishna's manifestation as Govardhan Hill. And I guess when, um, So somehow there was a Brahmin who um, maybe he met Krishna somehow, and this Brahmin had been performing austerities. And so maybe he was thin. Um, and, um, and so the Lord arranged for this Brahmin to appear as Govardhan. And because he was both hungry and thirsty, um, the Lord arranged for him to be fed by this Anukut festival, uh, where there were so many mounds of rice and lakes of sweet rice and lakes of nectar, uh, and basically hills of sweets. And uh, the Govardhan Hill was eating and eating. And so all of that is in response to having met the Lord earlier when he was performing austerities and being thin and hungry and thirsty. And he so of course he was he um, was fed by this Anukut festival, and he was also in his mountain form. He was going to drink fresh water from the rain clouds. So these Samvartaka clouds were um, nourishing and life giving to Govardhan. Um, so um, let's see. Let's see if I got anything else. I'm a little, you know, a little less organized this week. All right, so I've, I've talked for a while now. Um, so uh, if anyone has any questions or comments, um, now is probably a good time for you guys to jump in. And, uh, and if not, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with all of you. It's been a, a, a great boon for me to have to delve into these things and uh, hone my focus a little bit on the Govardhan Leela think about devotional service in, in terms of, of a, little, a little deeper study and uh, a little uh, more, a little presentation on Govardhan. There's a message in the chat from Vrajahari Pranam. Uh, disappeared. Oh, let's see here. Thank you for the Hari Kata. 
Sri Chaitanya instructed. Anuram? Yes. Sorry. Martin is translating it, but you can't hear it probably because you are not in English. Yeah, let me turn my English. Okay. And mute. Okay. Yes, thank you, Martin. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, and maybe Kanoram, you can repeat the question also. So the devotee from that listen the recording can can uh, can hear it. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Uh, thank you, Martin. Um, I'm not exact, Rajahari Prabhu. I'm not exactly sure how to to answer your question. I'm I'm not necessarily familiar um, with Lord Nityananda's instructions to Raghunath Das um, about preaching in regard to conversations about Jaga and Madai. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, though, is um, like Sanatan Goswami. Um, and Sanatan Goswami, it's in the in that beautiful Astakam. It said that that uh, Sanatan Rupa and Sanatan were were um, were good friends to everybody that lived in the area, and that. Sanatan Goswami was like a leader. They were charming to both the, the gentle and the ruffians and that they would help all kinds of people, not just the devotees, but the other people that lived in the area. They would come to Sanatan Goswami if they had a disagreement um, and they would present their different sides. As a, you know, people would say, you know, that they were disagreeing and, and Sanatan Goswami would, would help them iron out their situation. And he would um, he would talk to them about some practical matters as well as devotional matters, um, and I, I was always inspired by that. Um, so in, in that sense, I think that the would I think that devotees are are somewhat like that uh, that they'll they hear about practical things as well. Um, so. I, I just don't think it's practical to think I'm I'm only going to talk about devotional things and I'm not going to like even when I associate with devotees, for instance, we, we aspire to associate with devotees. Um, we when we when we spend time with devotees, we want that that time to be spent well and we want to talk. We want to spend our sadhu sangha time talking about things which are 
uh, sat. We want to talk about things of an eternal nature, but we're we also we talk about things that are practical in our daily life, and uh, we find out about how things are going in somebody's family life. We see our friends. How's it going with your kids in school? And is your wife doing okay? Or how's your how's your husband? And um, we say, you know, how are things at work? You're doing okay. Uh, Rupa Goswami, you know, he advises us uh, about the six confidential uh, exchanges of love between devotees, not confidential, but the six exchanges of love with devotees. And he encourages us to reveal our minds in confidence and to inquire confidentially. Um, and so, um, we and we see that Lord Chaitanya does the same thing. He um, he talks with people about their life, about some practical things. You know, he finds out about what's going on in people's lives, and he also spends uh, a lot of time uh, talking about transcendental topics, about the nature of of bhakti and the nature of devotional service. So, uh, does that help? I can. I'm I'm not sure I'm, I'm getting to the essence of your question. Okay. Thank you, Vratahari. I hope that helps. So I can't go back up, but I think that Govinda Mohini had something also. What does that one say? Okay, so, um, yeah, so Lord Chaitanya, seems like that Lord Chaitanya had great reverence for Govardhan Hill, and he, I think that Lord Chaitanya, you know, sometimes there are different personalities, and Govardhan is a, a really prominent one, who is both an individual as Govardhan, and he's also Krishna, so when, uh, in the Krishna Leela, um, when Krishna was there with Nanda Maharaj and Madhya Shoda and all the cowherd boys, and he lifted Govardhan Hill, um, or before he lifted Govardhan Hill, they he convinced Nanda Maharaj to worship Govardhan Hill by his uh, karma mimamsa. He convinced him to to worship Govardhan Hill rather than to worship Indra, and so he was worshiping Govardhan Hill. And at the same time, he appeared as Govardhan Hill. And he's eating all the offerings. He's eating these big hills of, of rice and drinking the lakes of nectar and, um, and appearing, at, Krishna appears um, as the hill. So uh, I don't, I can't think of a, there's one example I can think of that I that I heard from Indra Jumna Maharaj years ago. There's a few examples where Krishna goes and he appears within the form of another person. And so like there's one example where this person had gone in, he didn't like a word in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And so he, I think he scratched that word out. And then later Krishna 
went and he like made a correction in that person's Bhagavatam. And then that person, he came home and he was about to sit down and, and have lunch. He asked his wife, so where's lunch? And, and she's like, you were already here. You already ate lunch. You worked on your book a little bit. And then you went again. But actually that was Krishna appearing as that person and making that correction. And um, there's a story where uh, there was a king and he was going to ride into battle of this Rajasthani king. So this is the Indrajumna Maharaj story. And he went out and he was on his horse and he went out and he had two swords and he was going out and he was devastating the other army. He was splitting the soldiers in half with, his, with one sword and splitting the horses in half with another sword. And then he, he had no recollection of it. Um, and so it was, it was as if Krishna had appeared as that person. So these are just, these are just a couple of aside stories to illustrate how Krishna may em completely empower a person or may enter the form of another person. So it's sort of like that with Govardhan. So Lord Chaitanya didn't want to put his feet on Krishna. We don't want to walk on Krishna. We don't even want to walk on Krishna's footsteps in Vrindavan. So it, he didn't want to step on Krishna, but Madhavendra Puri, of course, was different because the Gopal deity had encouraged him to, um, to walk up to the top of Govardhan and, and install the, the Gopal deity on the top of Govardhan Hill. But from what I understand, we don't we we follow in the in the mood of Lord Chaitanya and we don't walk on the hill. Does that help? I have a few, of course, a, a few I feel a little tangential in my answer. Thank you for your question. I appreciate that. Yeah, I can read that one. So um, Matthew says, thank you for your wonderful series. Can you please elaborate on what you mean when you refer to Manjari Bhava and Sakya Bhava as two particular windows of opportunity? So This is something that that uh, that Guru Maharaj has been giving some emphasis to lately, and of course it, it goes back in in our bhakti tradition for a long time. But um, we have there are different devotees have different aspirations for for what they think or that they would like to be in the ultimate realm in the like we were talking about our prayojan tattva. The prayojan is the ultimate goal. So our ultimate goal is that we want to serve and live. We want to serve Krishna in Vrindavan, in the village of Vrindavan. Um, or, and we want to live and serve in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes in the, in the Nitya Navadweep. We want to live and serve in those two leelas. That's our ultimate aspiration as devotees, is to purify our hearts of all the worldly conditioning. And we want to fill our hearts with... Uh, with devotional sentiments and sentiments of surrender um, and offering our whole selves to our guru, offering ourselves to the service of the Vaishnavas and offering ourselves in the service of Krishna and his holy dham and the, the holy people that reside in that dham. Um, but we, 
there are certain moods that that we're able to have. There are certain there are primary relationships that go on in those places, um, and those those relationships are primarily four. There's a dasiras, which is the feeling of being Krishna's servant. And then there's sakiras, which is the feeling of being Krishna's friend. And then there's uh, parental love, um, where one would be older than Krishna and feel superior to Krishna, like Nanda Maharaj and Mother Yashoda. Um, and then there's uh, the madhurya bhav, the sweetness bhav, the feeling of uh, romantic love for Krishna. But um, the, there are two primary windows of opportunity. And a, um, a window of opportunity is a, is a chance to become, um, to have those feelings uh, that the devotees there feel. Um, so we ultimately we want to become, we are Raganuga, Raganuga devotees. So Anuga means to follow the path of Rag, and that Rag means like an inborn feeling. So we follow in the footsteps of devotees who have these profound feelings. We become followers of their feeling, and we become their, their literal, literal followers. Uh, we take their advice, and we hear from them, and we aspire to become like them. Um, so um, by association, we... Um, we catch these feelings. It's a modern term. You catch feelings for somebody. So we catch these feelings uh, of of love from different sadhus who impact our lives. And the two primary uh, feelings that that are available to us uh, as followers of Lord Chaitanya are this sakyabhav, which is the the feeling of friendliness. So. Sakya is a, there are different types of friendly relationships with Krishna. Um, there are four primary feelings of Sakya Bhavi where um, Sakya is mixed with Dasya. So like the younger boys in Vrindavan, they serve Krishna and their feeling of service is um, imbued with friendliness. And then there's uh, the Priya Sakas which are, they, they purely have confidence with Krishna, that they, they feel like Krishna is mine and I am Krishna's and we're on the same level. And sometimes when the cowherd boys play games with Krishna, sometimes they might, sometimes they might wrestle Krishna to the ground. And then sometimes on the other side, they might get wrestled to the ground by Krishna. And so sometimes Krishna wins in the game and you have to carry Krishna on your shoulders. And then other times uh, your team may win and Krishna may have to carry you on his shoulders. Um, so that there's a feeling of, of confidence and uh, mamata is a feeling of minus. Krishna is like me. And then there are the, the older boys. Um, there's another, this is the fourth of those types of feelings of Sakya. Um, where uh, the older boys, the, the bigger boys, maybe they they feel like they're protecting Krishna, like Lord Balaram is an example whose whose um, his feelings of friendliness of Krishna 
or feelings of friendliness with Krishna are bundled with sentiments of dasya. So sometimes he's serving Krishna and it's bundled together with a feeling of parental affection or like that they're superior to Krishna. Um, and that like for those for those boys, the, that feeling of friendliness is um, they appear separately because the feelings of dasya, it works well with uh, sakya, friendly ras, but the feelings of parental affection, they don't necessarily go as well uh, with the feelings of friendliness. So they appear at different times. So maybe maybe Lord Balaram says uh, um, he gets those feelings. He's empowered by Mother Yashoda with some of her uh, parental affection. He says, you know, I, I know that you want to go to the Kaliya Lake today, but we're not going to Kaliya Lake. Not today. We're not going to Kaliya. So that, so I, I, maybe I'm, I'm giving a long explanation, but um, that, that Sakyabhav um, appears in the, in the modern world uh, through the channel of Lord Nichinanda. So that's one of our windows of opportunity. Um, so I, I asked Guru Maharaj about this Manjari Bhav uh, last week on, on last Sunday's call. Um, maybe it was two Sundays ago. But anyway, that Manjari Bhav um, is the feeling that the younger girls in Vrindavan have, and they are Manjaris. Um, like, and the example of those personalities is like Rupa and Sanatan. Uh, they appear in the world as, um, as sadhakas, right? So Rupa and Sanatana Goswami are sadhakas, and we, we follow in their footsteps. Um, and they show how to approach um, Lord Krishna's pastimes, and they, they show how to approach Lord Chaitanya um, by their example. Not everybody is like a an example of how to be like Pundarik Vidyaniti is like a, a person who has profound devotion for the Lord, but we can't necessarily follow in his footsteps. He's very wealthy and he doesn't necessarily follow the track of sadhana, um, but he's nonetheless a perfected person. He's a, we, we hope to, we, we would love for some of his feelings to rub off on us, but um, this Manjari Bhava is something that, that is, um, is a feeling that's naturally there eternally in people like Rupa and Sanatan. Um, they are manjaris, and those manjaris are the servants of Srimati Radharani. And they don't have any desire to have a romantic connection with Lord Krishna. They, um, they're, they're, uh, they're prominently connected with Srimati Radharani. And, um, and so that window of opportunity, we, we talked about that in this series when, when Lord Chaitanya was running toward the Chataka Parvata, which is a sand dune in Jagannath Puri. Uh, he was in, in his own Antaranga Seva, in his own internal meditative life, he left his external consciousness and went into his deep internal life. And in that way, in that, in that deep internal realm, he was seeing the pastimes of Radha and Krishna in his internal life. And he's engaged by some gopikas, 
to pick some flowers for the divine couple, Radha and Krishna, who'd gone into one of the caves at Govardhan. And Guru Maharaj said that in that, in that stage or in that phase of his life, Lord Chaitanya was tasting that Manjari Baba. So that's, uh, those are the two primary opportunities that, that modern followers of Lord Chaitanya have. And sometimes we see like an exception. Um, somebody maybe, maybe naturally is inclined for whatever reason um, to enter uh, maybe Vatsalya Ras. And they're, they're still part of our group. And the primary example that I can think of is like Vamsi Das Babaji. And Vamsi Das Babaji was one of the, um, not colleagues, but contemporaries of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati, Srila Prabhupada. And he was a, an Avadut and he was a, a Babaji, but his feelings of Krishna were parental. And so he would talk with the deities and cook for the deities and worship his deities every day. But he would spend time talking and exchanging with the deities. And he would, he would educate Krishna and give him some lessons about, I don't know, grammar or school lessons or something like that. And he would punish Krishna. He'd get angry with Krishna. Um, so that would be Vatsalya Bhava. But that's not one of the primary windows of opportunity um, in, our, in our particular lineage. Does that help? Yes, thank you very much. Um, I, I'm hearing these oh, concepts. I can't hear you. Wait, and, wait. Oh. Can Major, you hear me? Are you on English channel? Yes, I got it now. You can hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. I've been hearing the concepts and I've listened to all the classes, and uh, but that was an incredibly helpful structure with within which to understand uh these concepts so i i appreciate that okay i'm glad i could help where are you matthew i'm in new jersey okay cool nice to meet you i nice never met you. before I'm, I'm here in north carolina in the states great thank you for your question okay so thank thank all of you very much it's been a been a pleasure talking with all of you, and uh, thank you for all your patience, and thank you for giving me your association, and uh, Sri Sadhu Sangha Ki Jai, Sri Govardhan Hill Ki Jai, Sri Guru Maharaj Ki Jai, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, and so tomorrow Guru Maharaj will be on, and uh, so hopefully we get to take advantage of his association, and uh, got more. I think uh, very soon. Uh, I think the let's see. Tatva Vivek has a whole new schedule coming up for December, so we'll have some some of the same some of the same folks and some new folks as well. So thank all of you very much. I hope you have a wonderful day. Hare Krishna. Sriman Kanarandas Prabhu Ki. Jai. Jai. <laughs>